This podcast is brought to you by u-discovered.com. This is your new life podcast. I am your host, Craig Willard. And if you want more of life than you've ever had, it starts right now. Welcome to your new life. Welcome back to another episode of Your New Life Podcast. I am your host, Craig Willard, and this is episode nine. One of my favorite things to talk about, favorite really, is anxiety. And you may experience anxiety at, at some level, maybe a little, maybe a lot. But over my several years of learning about anxiety, it all started back probably 10 years ago when I was diagnosed with GAD or general anxiety disorder. And I took medication, Paxil, to help curb my anxiety. But eventually, at one point, I finally got really, really frustrated with myself. And I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to take a medication that basically um, changes me chemically for something that I feel I should be able to control. And thankfully for me, I did. Now, I know a lot of people that would listen to say, no, you, you don't know, understand. You don't, my, my anxieties are, are so much stronger than, than probably what you experience. And, and, that's, that, and that's fine. But that's really subjective. It's not something we can really pinpoint. But sure, point taken. Uh, and I think you'll find that a lot of people that do have anxieties feel like no one has anxieties like they do. And while I understand that, I, I get it, um, one of those self-fulfilling um, prophecies is, well, if I tell myself that my anxieties are really, really bad, well, they're probably, or they're going to be bad. They're going to be really bad. And I, do, you, do you really want that, first of all? So um, what, what I would like to say starting off is recognize your anxieties as being just an anxiety. And in fact, a lot of people will tend to take ownership of anxieties as if I have anxiety. No, you don't have anxiety as if it's like chicken pox or the flu or MRSA. You don't have anxieties, so to speak. And the reason I say it that way is because people do. They, they absolutely would begin to identify themselves with being someone with anxiety. And it isn't going to help you get through it if that's what you want to do. Maybe you've identified with it so long that you don't want to get rid of it or that it, you know, whatever. But it's not likely. And I'm certain that if you have it and you have I mean, a pretty good bout of it, you don't want it anymore. So the first thing I want you to tell yourself is you can get through this. And that there is a way to do this and eliminate it or minimize it at least to a, to a point of being bearable. So first thing is obviously recognizing that it's just a thought problem. It, it's, it's how you think about situations. It's not so much about, you know, it's not something you, you can put in a box. It's not something you can kick down the road. It's not something you can see. 
It's not something you see on your, you know, it's not like a, a pimple or an ingrown hair or a broken bone. It's really just based around your thoughts. So what I like to tell people is to think back in the old days when they had film projectors. You had wheels, two wheels. You had a front wheel and a back wheel. And you had the film from the film projector would come off the front wheel and it would run across a light. That light would display whatever frame the film or the, that crossed at that moment. And then it would roll back to the machine and roll up in the back wheel. And that's a lot like our thoughts. So the front wheel, that's all futuristic things. We, if we've not seen this movie before, we don't know what's on that front wheel, right? I mean, we don't know what's on that front wheel. So as the film comes off the front wheel, this new movie we've never seen, it goes across the light, it displays a picture. That picture is always changing because there's just tons and tons of of slides and it just slide or it's running through them as fast as you know at whatever speed it's supposed to and when it passes it goes in the back wheel and rolls itself up and that little light that light i call now that is your now that is the emphasis of time that is right now and as now changes because now is always changing the now five seconds ago is no longer the now the now that I had when I created this, you know, when I first introduced this podcast, it's no longer here. It's kind of rolled up in the back wheel. And the back wheel is where our depressive thoughts come. Your grandmother passes away, and you wish you would have spent more time with her, and you get depressed about it a bit. Or you wished your relationship would have been different, or you wished you would have said what you said, what you wished you would have said something different to your boss so that you didn't lose your job. Those depressive thoughts, those are from the past, and that's on the back wheel. But on the front wheel, the front wheel is things that are before you really know it. They don't, they, you don't know what's coming next in the movie. So the things that are futuristic, that's where your anxieties come from. That's where your worries come from. That What's going to happen next? What's, it's uncertain, so I don't know. And what a lot of times people do, especially when they watch a movie, you kind of get zoned into thinking what's going to happen next. So you're kind of pre-planning because you, uh, humans don't like uncertainty. So we, we kind of want to know what's going to happen. And we kind of make a, this kind of wild idea about what's going to happen. And then when it happens, you're like, yeah, I told you. I knew that was going to happen. But really, you don't because none of us can tell the futuristic time. But what happens is when we start thinking about those futuristic things, we can no longer think about now. Because if you've heard any of my other podcasts, you can only think about one thing at a time. If you're thinking about the past, you can't think about right now. If you think about the future, you can't think about right now. But the cool thing about it is if you're only thinking about right now, you can't think about the future or the past. You can't think about either one of them. Because you can only have one thought at a time. And the only thing that you can really control the only thing you can, I mean, this is it. You can't control anything but the next step. That's it. The only thing that you can control is your next step and nothing else. Because you don't know if you're going to get something else. You don't know if you're going to get tomorrow, next week, next month. But yet here you are, you're sitting here worrying about it. How's that doing for you? So think about this. 
one, as we talked about, one is you are not someone with anxiety. You have anxious thoughts, but you don't have anxiety. And the key to that is knowing that if I don't have it, I don't have to own it. If I don't own it, I can get rid of it. Number two is if I think about now and not worry about the future or the past. Now, let me, let's explain this too. So you have anxiety, those negative thoughts bring anxious thoughts, they bring worry, and they bring stress. And there are some parts of that that's important. You know, you, you, you have, there's anxieties for certain things in life. The problem is, is that we kind of drive it into life as if it's a fight or flight thing every single day. Not the old days of, you know, here's a lion, I got to freak out. So I need this anxiety kind of ramps up my body and gets me ready to either, you know, well, as they say, fight, flight, or freeze. So am I going to take off running? I got to run as fast as I've ever run in my life, if not faster, to try to stay away, just try to stay alive. But oftentimes we live with things that are not deadly. We put a sense of urgency on them as if they were deadly, as if something, whatever that anxious feeling is, it's a, maybe even a pending doom of some level. And the reality of it is it's usually our misinterpretation or what we connect with that situation from an emotional standpoint, what we value it as. So if you value it as a really big, then it could, could actually become very big because it's, that's how we create our focus on it. We, we, we build more of what we focus. So finding it that you think more about the current moment will make a pretty big difference. Because you cannot, as much as you want to, you cannot control what happens in the future. You can't. You can control how you respond to it, but you can't control it. A lot of people will even give some of the strangest advice, and they'll say, well, just stop thinking about it. And as someone who's experienced GAD, I want to shake the hell out of people when they say that because I've experienced it. And I know that's the last thing someone with anxiety wants to hear. Just stop thinking about it. I don't know what your problem is. Just quit thinking about it. Yeah, you know what? For any person that isn't dealing with anxiety, that makes perfect sense. But for everyone else, no. It doesn't make sense because if it were just that damn easy, they wouldn't have anxiety. So, anxieties are those things ahead of us that we, we just, you know, as if we try to create this picture of what's going to happen. And if you're listening to this and you deal with anxiety, the question I want to ask you is, how many times, when you, when you imagine, how many times in your future, when you think about, What's going to happen? How many times does it happen? I'd be willing to bet that if you sat down and thought about that long enough, you'd realize that 99.9% of the time, it does not happen as you think it will happen. Because you magnify it and you make it so much larger and so much more difficult or challenging or whatever than it really is. And maybe a sense is to prepare for it, but nonetheless, 
The problem is, is when you can't live in the now and you can't focus on right now, this very moment, you can't be at your best. At all. So when it comes to thinking about the thought of what it is that brings anxiety, whether it's, you know, you fear losing a family member, a friend, a job, uh, we don't take losses well at all. We don't like to lose, and it's the weird thing about it, we don't like to lose weight, although we want to be thinner, the loss of weight actually can be really hard on people psychologically. We don't want to lose, you know, when it comes to dieting, we don't want to lose the uh, bad food that we love so much. I don't want to lose the way I eat. I just want to get better. I want to, I want to lean up, but I don't want to stop eating bonbons. I don't want to stop eating King Dongs and Ho-Hos. We don't like those losses. We don't want to lose, you know, a job, a friend, a relationship. Even if it's for the right reasons, we don't want to lose something. And that loss can potentially give anxieties. Or, you know, there's a plethora of other reasons that people get anxiety. I mean, they get anxiety because they don't feel like they're prepared. Um, They don't feel like they're... um, going to be successful or they're self-doubting them, you know, they have self-doubt or they have no confidence. But it comes to anxiety itself. What I will tell you is that 99.9% of the time, your thought is irrational. Your thought is irrational. And, you know, we're not, and we're not talking here. um, Let me, let me back up. There are severity levels of your of of anxiety. So if you want to get rid of your anxieties, a and I'll say that I guess another way. If you want to get rid of your anxious thoughts, because that's really what they are. If you want to get rid of your anxious thoughts, whether it's going over a bridge, whether it's driving in a car, whether it's being in the back seat of a car and not being in control of the car, whatever it may be, whether it's Dropping your, you know, you, you, you're afraid to go to the cafeteria because you're afraid you're going to drop your tray and everyone's going to think you're an idiot. What I would suggest you do. So after we've, A, told ourselves that it's not something that's part of who we are. It is just the way we're thinking at the moment. B, that when we focus on the now, we, can know, we, we can't really focus on the future at the same time nor the past because, well, the now is our thought. And so if we're allowing ourselves to have thoughts of the future and concern and worry, then we're going to mess up what we're doing at this very moment. It's, it's not going to work really well. Um, you know, it's, it's like, I guess if you're coming off of a circle on the interstate, you know, you're, you're getting off an interstate on the exit and it's a big circle and you're so you're turned around looking at the the very end of the circle kind of where it's getting onto the interstate and when you do you miss the guy in front of you that stops and you end up rear ending or from the depressive thoughts and then and this kind of this thing will work for both but for the depressive thoughts you're driving down the road full speed but you're staring in your rearview mirror looking at the past. Next thing you know, you're going to crash into something in your future. So you're going to destroy the now by thinking about the past. And you're going to destroy the now 
by thinking about the future when all you can really do is take the next step, the next inch, the next whatever it is. But my recommendation is to take a, make a list. Write down all the things that you have anxious thoughts over. Driving, you know, being a passenger in a car, going over bridges, using a bathroom in public, um, whatever it is. Write them all out. Then what I want you to do is take them and number them in severity. So if, you know, if driving, you know, being a passenger car is pretty bad, but the fear of, um, you know, dropping your tray in the cafeteria is even higher, then rate that as a one and um, being in a car is number two or going over a bridge. If the bridge is lower, then make it a three. So high, one being your highest and whatever being your lowest and write them all out. Then what I want you to do is once you do that, I want you to pick about number seven. You know, if you do, if you do more than 10, let's pick seven. If you do less than 10, let's pick five, number five. And that's where I want you to start. Think about dealing with anxieties. A lot of times people hit the very, they, they, they ask about hitting the very biggest anxiety, anxious thought. And the real, the reality of that is that's not going to do you well. In fact, you're going to get anxious just thinking about getting rid of that anxiety. It's going to jack with you more than maybe the anxiety itself. So let's not do the big one. Let's not do the big fish. Let's get somebody in the middle where it's not that big of it. It's there, but it doesn't really bother me because what you, you need to get some success into here. You really do. You need to get some success. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you how to do this. I'm going to give you a method that if you listen to this, I promise you, and, and you believe it, but if you listen to this method, it will help you. In fact, I have watched people that have had anxieties. I have watched them take something that it was a word or situation. And within 30 minutes, it was gone. It was absolutely gone. And I'm going to give it to you today for free. Absolutely free. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that number five. And let's just say, because I like to make ex examples. Let's just say you have... Um, let's, I'm going to actually, I'm going to write this out so you may actually hear this in the background, but I'm going to say that going to the cafeteria gives me anxiety. Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to put an A beside that right on a piece of paper. And I want you to put a box around it and then a little bit lower on that piece of paper, I want you to put a B. And B stands for, A is for anxiety, B stands for belief. Under the belief header there, I want you to tell me all the things that you believe that give you that anxiety. All of them. 
So let's just let's let's work through this. So uh, I'm afraid I will drop my tray. Many people do think that they're worried about that. Okay, and you go, uh, well, when I, if I drop my tray, I'll be embarrassed because people will laugh at me. I can't, I can't have that. That would that would really just drive me crazy. Um, then people would make fun of me. I would have to run out of the room because of that embarrassment. And people would talk about me behind my back. As a girl who can't overtray. Below that, write a C. And whatever they are, whatever your beliefs are, you could have 10, you could have 100. That's fine. But I want you to write them. I want you to write them all out, every single one of them. And then under C, which is the next one. So we did A for the anxiety. What is it? It's a single anxious thought. B, here are the things that uh, I believe about that anxiety. And C, what's the consequences of those things? Your beliefs are what you believe right now. And, and there's a consequence for that. Maybe, you know, um, when I think about going to the cafeteria, I freeze. Uh, I get sweaty palms. Um, I get nervous. Uh, my thoughts speed up. I can't talk. Whatever they may be. Maybe there are a hundred of them. One through whatever. Under B and C, both. One, two, three, four, as you go through them. Now, once you're complete, I want you to look at this. And I want you to read this out loud. And this should be a very good overview of what that looks like and feels like. And if you agree with me, you've done it very good to this point. But you need to get honest with yourself. If you want to get rid of that anxious thought, if you truly want to, you have to get down in the trenches and lay it all out on the line. Again, remember, this is like a number five or if you have 10 or Maybe the 7 to 10 if you have 10 to 20 of them. You know, somewhere in the 50% range is where you want to be level of severity. So it's something that you can actually tolerate talking about. Because you're going to need to get some success first before you start going up the chain. All right. So now we have kind of a view of what your, your anxious thought is at this moment. Now what I want you to do, I want you to write D for debate. And what you're going to do is, is you're going to debate B. All your beliefs, you're going to debate. Because what you're going to find out is what you put in B is irrational. It's going to be irrational. 
because it's, it's giving you anxieties. Anxieties are things that you're not certain of. There's no way it's factual because it's uncertain. But yet you've created beliefs that you feel are very much factual. So, for example, I feel like I may drop my tray. Okay. And then what you need to ask yourself, and maybe you need somebody to help you, and of course you can always call me as, um, and you know, we can set up a session. I can go through this with you if you need. I'm trying to give this to you uh, openly, but if, if, you, if you're challenged with this or if you're really struggling, please set up a session with me and, and we'll go through this and we'll knock this thing out of the park first time. And from that point forward, you can do them on your own. So drop my tray. Okay. So uh, if I were asking you, I mean, I want you to ask yourself, how many times have I held a tray? I don't know. In my whole life? Yeah, in your whole life. Maybe a thousand? Okay, all right. So out of a thousand times, how many times have you dropped your tray? Well, I've never dropped my tray. Oh, so of a thousand times you've never dropped your tray ever? No. Oh. A thousand times, no dropping tray. So it sounds like to me, you're probably not going to drop your tray, right? Is, is, and I'm talking to myself. Uh, yeah, probably not really, I guess. I mean, I haven't dropped one before, so I don't know why I would start today. Perfect. Okay. Number one, done. Number two, people will laugh at me. All right. Well, let's put yourself in the situation. If you were sitting in a cafeteria and somebody dropped their tray, would you laugh at them? And if you're like me, you're going to be like, of course not. I actually would feel kind of bad for them. I mean, who, I mean, that's embarrassing. And I, I wouldn't want to put them in a worse position. I wouldn't make fun of them. That's, that's, really, that's really mean. And so you would say, so would you make fun of someone else? Would you, you know, laugh at them? No. Okay. So the likelihood of somebody at your work in the cafeteria laughing at you is, the likelihood of that is, is, is slim, right? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So then you write down, and you have to write this down, people will not laugh at me. People aren't like that. People will not laugh at me. Then you go to the next one. You go to number three. They'll make fun of me. And then you, you debate that. Will they really make fun of you? I mean, would you make fun of someone else in the same situation? No. Okay, so would they really make fun of you? Probably not. So then I want you to write that. People wouldn't make fun of me. In fact, they might just help me because they felt bad for me. So they would not help me. They would actually probably help me. And then I want you to go through every single one of your numbers through B and make a debate for it. And sometimes this gets really hard. And sometimes this gets really emotional. But it's critical. And I tell you, I can, I mean, it works. If you do this correctly. And, of course, the other piece of this is it's, you must put your information in here. Not what people think you should put, not what people want you to put. This is your exercise for no one else but you. This is for you. Now, once you make the beliefs, you can have somebody dig into that with you if you want, if you're comfortable with that, and ask them to give you really hard Socratic, Socratic questioning to keep you you know, really at the edge of, of Putting, pushing through where it becomes uncomfortable because it will. This is this is very uncomfortable. Everything that you ever want is uncomfortable. 
That's where you want to be. Once you get through a D, then you get to E. And E is this is this is where it's at. What you've done, you've you really have done is you've taken A the anxiety, B the beliefs, and C the consequences, and turned around beliefs B to being very logical and actually honest, open and honest. It's the new way that you to, you're to look at this. But oftentimes, it's not just enough to go, wow, I mean, it really isn't that big of a deal. I want you to create the effects, which is E, of those new beliefs. So B is your old beliefs. A, B, and C is the old days. D is the new day. D and E are the new day. So now I um, I've never dropped my tray. People probably aren't going to laugh at me. Um, they're not going to make fun of me. They're probably going to help me. They're actually going to feel sorry for me. And uh, people are actually caring. So, you know, it's not like they're going to think that I'm going to be, uh, you know, every time they see me, though, oh, well, look at that. That's the person that dropped their tray all the time, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to do that. So create a new version of your thoughts. And then what's the feeling that you get? If that were true, what is the feeling that you get from those debates? From those those new thoughts. Well, I guess I don't have a problem going to the cafeteria. Um, I wouldn't be embarrassed. It's not it's not a big deal. It really isn't a big deal. I'm making it much larger than it is. People go in there all the time. I'm not going to die. It's not going to kill me. I'm not in. The, and this is that where we, you know, we think that we have to have this fight or flight uh, situation, and it's not. It has nothing to do with that at all. And then create your effects. What's your effects? I'm not going to be, uh, it's not going to be a bother for me to go to the cafeteria. I can do it with a smile. I'm not going to drop my tray. Uh, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be able to eat lunch with my friends that I've never been able to do, whatever they are. And then I want you to make another A that is, I don't have anxiety over going to the cafeteria. And then I want you to read that out loud. And then I want you to read out all of D. Then I want you to read out all of E. This is the new you. This is your new thoughts. A, B, and C is the old you. In fact, if you want to have a, a burning ceremony of sorts, because sometimes people do that. So, so some of my, my, my clients will, will take that piece of paper and they'll tear it the A, B, and C, and they'll take it, and they'll go outside, and they'll burn it. Whatever it is, it's symbolic to you to say, I no longer think that way. The new me is the new A, which says, I don't have anxiety about going to the cafeteria. And then I'm going to say, D tells me, I don't drop my tray. People aren't going to make fun of me. In fact, they're probably going to help me, and no one's going to think of this in two weeks. They're not even tomorrow. They're not, even gonna, they're not gonna give a shit. And because of that, I feel like I can go to the cafeteria and I can eat with my friends and I'm not going to drop my tray and I'm going to be happier and not locked down based upon some irrational thinking. And at the end of the day, that's where I want to be. And that is what I have been using for over a year with, I, I, I tell you, I have not had it fail me yet. The only way this doesn't work, the only way it doesn't work is if you do not put the information in it appropriately and dig deep. 
Don't shallow it. Don't don't just go two inches below the surface. I mean, go to the bottom. Go to what makes you emotional. Because it makes you emotional, and you have to become open. This is just for you, no one else. So you can be open and honest with yourself. In fact, when you write it out, it becomes real. It's like verbalizing things. When you write it out, it becomes real, and you can fix it. Now, when it comes to people with medication, I understand medication. I'm not one that believes in using medication. In fact, there's been stories where people have been switched medications. You know, they um, they tell people, well, uh, I'm going to put you in group A, and then tell other people I'm going to put you in group B, and I'm going to give each of you, um, we give group A an upper, and I'm going to give group B a downer, and they're going to tell them that when your uppers, you're going to experience X, Y, and Z, and with the downers, you're going to experience A, B, and C, and they switch the medications, and they still without knowing it, experience what they were told they were going to experience. Because I think the mind is far, far, far more powerful. And it has been documented. It's not, it's peer-reviewed. It's been documented to do that. Your mind draws upon what you're told is going to happen, and that's what you do. That's what you believe, and that's what you create. So if you're in a point where you really can't think logically, you probably would. You, you probably would be a good candidate for getting some meds to help you balance yourself out and then use a coping mechanism like what I just taught, A, B, C, D, E, and see if it doesn't change your life. I'm serious. I'd love to hear how it worked for you. You can email me at craigwillard at u-discover.com. Uh, you can set up an appointment, 502 you can message me on Facebook. I'd love to hear how it worked for you. Or if you have questions or concerns with it, I'd love to help you. If you found that it didn't work for you, I want to know about it because I have yet to have it not work. Unless someone didn't put forth everything that they wanted into it or they put what they thought they should put in it, not what they really felt like is really the truth. But in wrapping this up, you don't have to live this way unless you choose to. And I just gave you a tool. Um, not like a lot of people will, they'll just say, well, just stop dealing with it. No, you, you can't tell people. You just can't tell people that. Give them a tool. Give them some way to cope and learn how to deal with this. Now, if you have a depressive thought, put the depressive thought in A. Same thing. Same thing. Go through the process. A, anxiety. B, belief. C, consequence. D, debate. And E is the effect. A, B, C is the old way of thinking. It's a perfect example of what you feel today. D and E with the new A that's the opposite of what you put in the original A. A plus D and E equals your new life, which is much better. Anyway, in wrapping up, you, aren't, you don't have anxiety. You have anxious thoughts. If you focus on what you're doing in the moment, in the now, it's really hard to be anxious and it's really hard to be depressed because you're thinking about what I'm doing right now. And all I can handle is the next step. I don't know that I'm going to have it 10 steps from now. I may literally, I, let's just be honest, I may pass away tomorrow. Now, I would, I, I don't, I got, I got a lot to live for still. I do. I don't want that. But I don't know. And I can't worry about tomorrow outside of just making sure that I'm my alarm's set 
and I got food ready and I got my daughter ready and whatever else it is to make sure that I'm prepared, but not to a point that I can't function. Have a good evening and uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Take care.